Welcome to Ask Alice, a podcast that explores the issues and challenges teenagers face on a daily basis. Hosted by Alice Chernock, a licensed professional counselor in Birmingham, Alabama. Ask Alice is part of the Rooted family of podcasts, which also includes All About Boys, Thanos to Theos, and the Rooted Youth Ministry podcast. Rooted is focused on advancing gospel-centered youth ministry. To learn more, visit us at www.rootedministry.com. Here's your host, Alice Chernock. Good morning. Welcome back to another episode of Ask Alice. I am so happy to be with y'all today. I think that all of us need a little bit of clarity. Um, I think that the the events of our, our last week or so in our country has brought forth so many different emotions for so many of us. And as parents, we are also kind of left with the notion of, well, now what? Now what? How do we, how do we help our kids make sense of a world that we ourselves are struggling to make sense of? So I am thrilled to be with you today as we try to tackle some of these topics. And I'm so happy to introduce my, my very special guest and dear friend, Anna Harris. Anna is the editor-in-chief of the Rooted blog, so all of the fantastic content that you you have from Rooted, it has been read and proofed and changed and made wonderful by Anna. Um, she's also the mother of three wonderful young adult sons, and so as I've said before, all of my, my parenting wisdom comes from Anna. Um, having two, two sons myself, every time I'm having a freak out about how my boys are acting and how they're fighting all the time. And every frustration that I feel, I always can go to Anna and she's like, calm down, you're okay. So Anna, I'm so happy to just kind of have a few minutes to glean from from you and your wisdom, especially on what's going on in light of the country. So can I just turn it over to you real quick and, and ask your opinion on what do you feel, what do you feel, what now, what next? You know, with everything that's gone on, there are so many different emotions. What is your take on everything? Yeah, wow. Well, it is a really sad time for our country. Feelings are um, running high, like you mentioned. And emotions kind of can get in the driver's seat if we're not careful. And I think, to me, one of the most important things that we can do is to step back, take a moment, pull out our Bibles, and see what God's Word has for us, and see what His wisdom tells us about how to behave when um, these kinds of things are going on. Certainly, there is time. It's a time to lament, to bring our concerns and fears to God in prayer a time to teach our children how to lament um, and model that with them. Um, and it's a time to talk with other like-minded believers and find out how they're addressing these issues in their home and um, really leaning on each other. Um, a good time also to to consult with the, the older generations, our parents. Yes. They've seen some things. Uh, that they thought were really alarming, and um, they may have some wisdom, too, about how we can approach our children and, and comfort them. But I think 
one of the things that you and I have, have talked about as we prepared for this podcast is the importance of helping our children feel safe yes, and secure. Exactly. And um, your children are a lot younger than mine. How have you done that with your kids? Yeah, exactly. I think that that safety is such an important aspect. And I think you're right to to distinguish between younger kids and, and older kids, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, yes, because my kids are still elementary age, the, the first thing I really encourage parents to do is to ask a child first, what do they know? What mm-hmm. have they heard? You know, because I think a lot of times we as adults are inundated in social media and blogs and news and radio, and we get a whole lot more information than our kids sometimes do. Mm-hmm. And so I think a really good starting point with our kids is just to kind of step back and say, you know, how, what have you heard? Did you hear what's going on or how much have you heard or what do you understand about what's going on? And start the dialogue in that way with with our kids. And so when you have a younger child like mine are, it's really more helpful to just kind of stick with the facts. Um, Mm -hmm. Our our kids are, are very concrete learners at this age. And so sticking with the facts of just, okay, here's what happens. For instance, our oldest, we were talking about what happened and he was a little bit confused. And so my husband very wisely just said, um, some people broke into the Capitol and they took some crazy pictures. Mm -hmm. And that was a very basic factual answer for this is what's going on. Now, older kids, and, and you could probably speak to this more, But with older kids, we know that they are more abstract in their learning and that they do have the capacity to understand the emotion that goes behind. And so how have you, I mean, with your sons, are you able to talk about kind of political beliefs and and more in-depth things? We, we are able to, to go a little bit, a little bit further, I think. You know, I, I think sometimes it's important to consider how this is going down in the moment. Mm-hmm. You know, now that we have television that is running 24 seven and it's so easy to turn on the TV and see what's happening in real time. And, um, I made the decision not to turn the TV on that day mm-hmm. in part selfishly because I know myself well enough to know that seeing those images without warning can just be unsettling for me. Yeah, I totally agree. And um, and I know I have at least one child that sort of responds mm-hmm. that way as well. And um, and that's a, that's a helpful thing to keep in mind, too. How do your children respond? Yes. Um, you learn that as they grow older. And, um, for instance, on 9-11, my oldest was four years old. Mm-hmm. But I noticed pretty quickly that he was glued to the television and his eyes were wide and his little lip was trembling. And so I, though he was four and I was still getting to know him and he's becoming who he is. It's like this child does not need these images burned in his brain. And um, so I think you, you can watch your children as they grow and see who can, who uh, needs to know and right. wants to sit in front of the television. I have another child who wanted to be abreast of what was happening as it was happening in real time. And so he got on his computer and did that. Mm-hmm. So different children, different approaches. Agreed. Um, and, um, 
So what we did, um, I was trying to repair the washing machine while all this was going on. (laughs) So we just stuck with the plan. And it's always, we repaired the washing machine and we were successful. And um, so. So you smell nice today. Yes, we have clean laundry. And so honestly, just um, one thing you can always do in a crisis moment is do the next thing. And that's what we did. We did the next thing. And then when we'd all had time to do some reading from various sources, we talked about what had happened at dinner. So that would be my advice is know your children and know that it's okay to just do what you were doing anyway Mm -hmm. and give yourself some time to process, time to pray, time to think. And then you can talk. I just think that there's so much wisdom, too, to being more... um, just taking your own time to process something for yourself. I think as parents, we can be super reactionary just as much as our kids. I mean, we joke about our kids just reacting, but let's be real. We react too. And Mm -hmm. so I think that when we see um, something that provokes us, it's very easy for us to just start speaking off the cuff. And Mm -hmm. I think whether it's to our child or our friend or our spouse or whoever it is, they don't necessarily need to know everything that we are processing. And I know that for myself as an extrovert, I tend to process out loud, (laughs) which is a blessing and a curse. (laughs) But I know that my kids don't necessarily need to have access Mm -hmm. to all of my mental thoughts. And so I agree with what you're saying and taking the time to take a step back. And to me, this is just that golden opportunity where we can sort of quiet our hearts some and go before the Lord and say, okay, Lord, I'm freaking out. This seems (laughs) like the world is crazy right now. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to say, but taking that time to go for a walk, Mm -hmm. talk to a friend, have some time to slow down before we are faced with having certain conversations with our kids too. Yes, and I think it's modeling for them, too, that they can, just because the news is available all the time, they can draw a boundary with it and say, I'm going to handle this much, and then I'm going to do something else. And I think that's something we all need to learn with social media. Yes. Oh, my gosh, yes. I totally agree with you. Yeah, so I think that's that's, um, excellent. And I love your your point about what is it that's going to calm you? Mm -hmm. Like... Alice, when you were confronting this in the moment, what were some of the things that, you know, brought you back down to earth, mm-hmm. helped your spinning thoughts, your worry, mm-hmm. your fear? Mm-hmm. What, what, what kind of brought you back? Well, I think, so I think for me, for me personally, I really enjoy, I know this sounds silly, but I love doing, I, I go down into my garage <laughs> and I have the Peloton app and I totally just do a Peloton workout. <laughs> yeah. Because I think for me, I can get so adrenaline emotionally charged. Mm-hmm. And so having something that helps me just to kind of expend some energy, I need to start there and really just have a good workout or go for a long walk or, you know, do whatever it takes to get that emotion out initially, but then have some time where I can go back and then it started helping me to start reading, uh, reading the word, yeah. coming back to the truth. And I hope that I know, as we talked about today, 
our goal for today is for us to come back to as parents, how do we convey to our children that the God of today is the God of tomorrow. He does not change. Even when the world is in chaos, he does not change. And there is so much comfort that we can take in that. So I think it is, it's knowing your child, it's knowing what they can handle. It, it is limiting that exposure that they have, you know, and I think that we need to address that if your child is exposed to images that maybe are above their their level or their readiness, number one, it does not make you a bad parent. Right. It means that they are living in a world that is full of messages. And so I think that we have to understand that, that you know, helping our kids and knowing our kids, like you said, if you have a child who's continually asking questions about it, that means they're dealing with it. Yeah. You know? Or if they want to come back and if they are asking to see more pictures and see more pictures and know more, that as a parent, depending on the age too, mm -hmm. that's kind of a red flag to me. That's mm -hmm. something that I need to say, okay, what's driving this? Are you asking questions out of curiosity in order to understand a situation or are you asking questions out of fear and anxiety? Mm, you know, I think that a lot good. of times prayers that we pray, and I'm so guilty of this too, I can pray the same prayer over and over again and it's really not my praying. It's really my way of working out my own anxiety. Mm -hmm. And I think that we as, as adults can have that insight with our kids. Are they, are they really just trying to get more information because it's feeding that fear? That's yeah. And so I think helping us know the difference as much as we can. Yes, we're going to limit their exposure. Mm-hmm. But we also know that that's not totally possible. So I, I do think, Anna, it's a, it's important that we we address what are some ways that we help them after the fact, you know, mm -hmm. what's their version of a garage workout? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And that's good self-knowledge for them to develop that, knowing what their what their garage workout exactly. is. Yeah. It yeah. Is, it is. And I think, too, it depends on the kid, you know, so I encourage parents have have a version of a safety plan for mm. a child, you know? And so with a younger child, it may look like setting up some safety uh, elements, aspects, pillows, stuffed animals, have that set aside maybe in a closet, mm -hmm. in a comfortable, small, closed space that when they're feeling anxious and worried, we can talk about it but then you can also go and soothe yourself. You can get in that little tiny hole where you have your favorite stuffed animal and you have your coloring books and you have some ways that you can decompress. And that may be your child's version of a garage workout. All right? Oh yeah, that's I think good. Older teenagers can have a similar version of that. You know, they may have a special chair in their bedroom or mm -hmm. a, a fuzzy blanket that they love and they have some music that they listen to. But I think we as parents can help teach our kids those coping skills mm -hmm. to know because you don't just wake up one day and know what your coping skills are. You got to find what works best and what is going to help kind of settle somebody down. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've got one that, um, 
one marker of stress for him is he loves to cook. And so I can always tell when he needs a little, he needs some distraction or whatever, he starts cooking. And that's pretty constructive. Um, I I appreciate it. Um, (laughs) And then, um, and then I've I've got one too, who um, being with friends Mm. is, is really his safety valve. He's very extroverted like you. And um, just hanging out with friends is a good way for him to to blow off steam and it's it's hard right now with the pandemic right. that that's a hard safety valve um to blow off the steam but it's one we need to respect and try to help our children um, find and and during this time when there are other stresses in addition to what's going on in the country um you know these are these are all useful things um well let me ask you this so we've kind of gone into some some practical mm-hmm ways in helping our kids deal with some of the the events that are going on. When it comes to spiritually speaking, Anna, Hmm. what would you say are some spiritual truths that we can impart on our kids knowing everything that's going on right now? Well, I think we start and we end with the the one that you've already said, that our God is in control Hmm. and that he is good he is on our side. He is more on our side than we can even imagine. He sent Jesus to do for us what we could not do for ourselves. Jesus went to the cross and died for us and um, and then rose again all on our behalf for us. Yeah. And a God that would do that for us is not going to withhold good from us. He is on our side. He is on our team. He has not taken his hands off the wheel, even though it looks like it. And I go back to the cross. Boy, when Jesus was dying on that cross, it looked like God was not in control, didn't yes. it? If any moment in history right. looked like God was not in charge, Absolutely. that would be it. And yet he was sovereign over that moment. So if he was sovereign over that, yes. if he could bring glory from Jesus dying on the cross, right then he can bring glory from what's going on in our country right now. I agree. This is a small matter for him. That is so true. And I think that that's such a great notion to be able to impart on our kids that, you know, in the midst of, I I truly am, I'm such a believer. My dad many years ago said to me, we worship a God of clarity Mm. and not a God of chaos. And when there is chaos, that goes on in the world, we have to see that that is not from the Lord. Mm. We worship a God of clarity. And he, my my husband was so funny the other night, we were talking about it and I'm gonna completely quote him because I wrote it down. It made me laugh so hard. My husband said, you know, the God that created order from nothing is not distracted by a man in a buffalo hat. Uh. <laughs> I mean, like, how perfect was that? The God that created order from nothing is not distracted by a man in a buffalo hat. Amen. It's just not going to happen. And so I agree with you. Helping our kids see that God is still in control, that we do not have to subscribe to the fear Mm-mm. That is going on, that we are, are inundated in this world that's trying to, to impart scared and, and, and chaos. And we can choose to not be a part of that. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. Um, I, I love, I, I was, as I was after my garage workout, I was thinking back to um, 
to me, the the time in Exodus when Moses was at the Red Sea has always just been super impactful for me. And so, you know, you have Moses and he is being chased on one hand, trying to get back into slavery. Then he's faced in the other hand with the Red Sea. And the people are like, what? What is going on here? You know? And God said to Moses, and then Moses said to the people, he said in Exodus 14, he said, fear not, stand firm and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will work for you today. The Lord will fight for you and you have only to be silent. And now I think that that's such an interesting, mm. like talk about a battle cry, you mm. know, fear not, stand firm, see the salvation of the Lord. That is what we are directed to do as parents. We are directed as parents to fear not, stand firm, see the salvation of the Lord. He will fight for us and we only have to be silent. And I think that that notion even of silence can pull up some questions in our head that mm -hmm. silence doesn't have to look like not saying anything, hmm. but that silence in itself can be an inner calmness, knowing that again, we worship this God who is sovereign. Mm -hmm. We are, we are given the, the, opportunity to speak in a in a free manner in this country praise god now how we do that is very telling for mm. what we are going to do and i think as parents we have to be role models to our kids absolutely yeah on what that's going to look like mm -hmm. what what do you speak to that william yeah yeah i think our kids are probably um age dependent going to look at us and want to know what we think about the things who is right who was wrong especially especially um teenagers like they want to know who's right who's wrong and what's going to be done about it right justice yeah and um and we can tell them that god loves justice more than we do yeah. and he is the one that decides and determines what is just and what is not. So our guide is always God's word. He, Because he is sovereign, we can trust what he says. He means what he says, and he says what he means. And he will follow through on what he has said he has done. And one of the things that he has said is that he will have justice. He is a God of justice. He is also a God of mercy. Mm -hmm. These things are hard concepts to hold in our brains at the same time. Right. But this is who God is. And so any reaction that we have needs to come through that lens. And we can't cherry pick through scriptures to determine what whether we like the justice part mercy or the mercy part yeah. better or... Um, and I think that, you know, is is really important that we're telling our kids to look at the whole counsel Absolutely. of Scripture and work very hard to get a complete picture mm -hmm. of who this sovereign God is. Mm -hmm. um, and so when they come to us with questions about right and wrong, we go to them with Scripture, mm -hmm. not our opinions, um, not... Uh, an incomplete picture of who God is, but a thoroughgoing um, picture of who God is. Because um, 
We hope that these conversations will be ongoing. Yes, I totally agree. This that, is not a one-time thing. No, no, no. It it can come back um, for months. I, I have one child who never talks about anything until three months later. I mean, <laughs> and I'll always hear what he, think, what he thought about something months later. That's an introvert right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, um, but he's usually got his thoughts pretty well aligned by, or, or you know, figured out by then. Um, and so um, I, I think... One of the disturbing things that we have seen a lot of is anger. And um, I don't know, have you got thoughts on how to help kids deal with the anger they see? Mm -hmm. How how do they react to that? What do they make of that? Mm -hmm. Um, And how can they respond to that in a healthy way? Yeah, I think that that you're right, that that's a hard, that is a really hard concept. And, and I agree with, kind of what you you touched on and I really want to highlight for a second that these are these are ongoing conversations and I feel like there are so many tentacles that are coming out of these conversations and that knowing that what happened that is just one teeny tiny piece of what has what we have to talk about mm-hmm. um, and that we can't be afraid to talk about these things with our kids I mean no we yeah. they're going to get their information somewhere we want them to come to us and be the one that, that we can have these conversations with them. But knowing that the, the po- political views, that's just one piece of yeah. what's going on, you know? And I think that understanding that, yeah, like you were saying, anger, how do we handle anger? Mm-hmm. That's a whole nother tentacle that we have to be able to address. And I think you're right that there is in in scripture there is righteous anger mm-hmm. you know and i think that jesus showed that righteous anger when he was in the temple and he walked in and he was hacked off you know <laughs> i mean like he was not a happy camper mm-hmm. and yet the bible says he was angry and did not sin right All right so how does how do we reconcile that in our own minds of you see people who are angry we see people angry all the time mm-hmm. we get angry and that's what that is what is portrayed all over the place. So how do we follow suit and be angry and yet not sin? And I think for me my conclusion to that is that the the second part to that passage of Jesus in the temple is he was angry and did not sin because his heart was saddened. Mm-hmm. And I think that that to me is where and I don't know what you think about this, but I think for me I look at the events of what's going on as a lot of grown-ups throwing temper tantrums. <laughs> a lot of grown-ups yeah. walk and say, I want it my way. I didn't get it. Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to throw mm-hmm. it and I'm going to mess everything up. And I'm just going to, you know, be, be a, a two-year-old, revert back mm-hmm. and throw a temper tantrum, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And I think that we have to see that the heart behind a temper tantrum is I didn't get my way. Mm-hmm. Whereas when we look at the heart of, of our Lord in the temple, the heart was, I am sad. Mm-hmm. I am grieved for you because this is not edifying to our father. And that to me is the difference in that the pieces of how we can exhibit our anger is what is the heart behind it? Is the heart a heart of selfishness? I just want my way. So I'm going to throw a temper tantrum. Or is the heart behind it of, I am grieved for our country, for the individuals that are being affected by this. 
that to me is the difference. What do you have thoughts on that too? Um, oh, I think that's um, incredibly important. And on the word grieved mm-hmm. that you use, mm-hmm. I think that's something we're all feeling right now. Yeah, we're we're also too. grieving our our loss of how things have been. Mm-hmm. And we don't know what's coming, what's going, what, what's going to happen right. going forward. So right. there, there is, there is grief in that as well too. And, um, and grief and anger often go hand in hand totally as they agree. did for Jesus yeah. in that moment yeah. in the temple. Um, but again, our, our corrective is the word. Mm-hmm. Righteous anger is being angry about the things that make God angry. Yes. Great. And not, like you say, not getting our way. Right. And, so again, going to scripture and saying, what are the things that grieve the heart of God? What are the things that, in what ways am I, in what I want for our country, mm-hmm. deviating from what God wants for our country? Right. And I have to let scripture correct me on that. And, um, and Whether I, I like it or not. Ab- absolutely. Mm-hmm. absolutely. Call us to be obedient. Obedient. And that's what a true, that's what a leader is. Yes. A leader uses God's word to correct their thinking, mm-hmm. to calibrate it. Like that's the true north. Mm-hmm. What does God's word mm-hmm. say? And so um, that is what we can teach our children mm-hmm. to be, even if they're only leaders in their own little, you know, sphere of influence. Yes, I you agree. Know. In, the, in the classroom setting, you know, yeah. I mean, I, our kids have little leadership roles in the class. They have little jobs and Let's teach them what it means to be a leader mm-hmm. in their world. Yeah, you know? absolutely, absolutely. Safety patrol or <laughs> milk carton duty or whatever. Yeah, L- leaders. This yes. is what we are called, you know, to to be as believers. And I, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm totally jumping in and like go for it. This, but like, I, I just think about what what is the example of leadership that we can take from our lord jesus christ mm-hmm. because to me that is the here we have god of the universe who can do anything at his will mm-hmm. and he displayed righteous anger but he also displayed boldness mm-hmm. and to me being a leader is is speaking truth even when it's not popular and i think that's really powerful Oh, incredibly. And, and it's actually, it's what we're called to. Yeah. And, um, if you go back and look at the Old Testament, here's a good opportunity to, um, recall some of those stories your kids have learned in, in Sunday school and, uh, you know, maybe reading the Bible together at home, looking at the leadership of the prophets and the way that God called them Mm. to speak truth, um, Particularly, we see in the Old Testament, the prophets are interacting with leaders um, and calling them to remember their responsibility to the oppressed, to the poor, to the stranger, to the widow. Um, to the, that's, that is the responsibility of a leader is to look out for those who are being oppressed or hurt in some way. And, it, you know, you can go back to some of the stories that you've taught them. Um, for example, you know, Nathan mm. is called to go to King David after King David, David sinned with Bathsheba and had Uriah murdered and then kind of 
sat on it for a year and didn't repent and do anything. And Nathan was called to go and confront him. And that's kind of scary business. Oh, my gosh, I can't imagine. <laughs> Conflict is so frightening to me. So can yeah. you imagine this? But it was... I love when you when you read the passages there, Nathan is pretty single minded. Mm-hmm. He's like, God told me to do this, so I'm gonna do it mm-hmm. and David, you did wrong. And David, of course, had the power to probably have him executed oh, on sure. the spot. Sure. I mean he was the king for it after all. And um but that is that is what we are called to 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 challenge mm-hmm. people, especially leaders when their behavior is out of line mm-hmm. with God's commandments. Leaders are supposed to look out for the poor. What David had done was not only poor in his personal life, but as the king, he was jeopardizing the entire nation with his bad personal behavior. And you you can um, look back on, for example, Elijah. Mm. And he kept calling out Ahab and Jezebel and calling them to repentance because they were certainly oppressive, mm. evil, mm. evil leaders. And they responded to him with death threats and ran him off, you know. And wow. he got so discouraged. And he, this is important to tell kids, though. Elijah got so discouraged because he wasn't able to get through to Jezebel. Mm that he ran off and hid in a cave and slept. And God tended to his needs. He ministered to him so personally. Yeah. Yeah. Ministered to him so personally. I believe he even had ravens bring him food. I mean, and so it's just such a powerful picture of what obedience looks like, but also being willing to speak the word of God mm-hmm. to those in leadership mm-hmm. and and not letting down the job that, that God had given him to do. God will be with you. Yeah. And so when we are called, now, now this job, this prophetic job has been given to us mm-hmm. in the new covenant. We are now um, to stand up, yeah. even if we're only standing up in our own little homes, yeah. and speak the truth. Um, the word of God, um, that's what we're called to. I, I, I am, am so struck too by the, the humility that it is. And I think that, I think that that's such a stark contrast from a lot of what we're seeing Mm -hmm. outwardly, whether it's leaders of all kinds. I think that to me, I'm struck by it. It feels like there's a lack of humility Yes. That is going on right now. And I think that that to me is what, I mean, my word, he went to the cross. Talk about humility, you know? Yeah. I mean, how, how, when he, ugh, you, you get it. I, I just am, am blown away by that. And I think that teaching our kids that true leadership doesn't mm-hmm. mean, it doesn't look like you're the most powerful human being on the planet. And I think that that's where a lot of, the chaos that has ensued, it is stemming from it. It's that selfish ambition, mm-hmm. and, you know, like what you said, not looking out for the one who is the underdog, you know, you know allowing yourself to submit to the Holy Spirit and um, speaking the truth in humility mm-hmm. is actually the position of power. Yes, exactly. <laughs> that, that actually is. And, um, so, so when we speak out, we speak only when we're led by the Holy Spirit 
we speak where we're led. You know, I was reading in um, Acts today where there were certain places that Paul went where the Holy Spirit prevented him from speaking. Wow. Yeah, and I don't. We don't think about that very yeah. much. We always think um, that we're supposed to speak. You know, so we're led by the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And um, we do it recognizing that we are sinners saved by grace, mm-hmm. speaking to other sinners in a fallen world. Yes, we yes. are no better yes. than the people that we seek to teach or yes. train or yes. or confront. So um, I love what you said about the leader being the one who serves. And that's what we are in our homes. Right. That's what we're modeling for our kids. Mm-hmm. This is what a leader as a mom or a dad mm-hmm. looks like is... Um, to to serve their family mm-hmm. by through clarity through being clear. I totally agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and um, you yeah. know, we we will give them courage mm-hmm. when we lead like that. I agree. I agree. Well, I know that as as you and I have kind of talked through today, we were both struck by this passage of of Psalm forty six, and so I would love for us to just kind of wrap up our time today on this episode with reading that scripture and coming back to hopefully encouraging our listeners to really ground and root yourself in the word um, and not let, I think there's a big difference between sound and noise. Mm. And sound is spoken with clarity and wisdom and thought and noise is just chaotic. And I think that think that we are called today to know the difference between sound and noise. And scripture is truly the sound that we need to hear. So I'm going to turn this over to you of starting with Psalm 46 and we can read together. Yeah. Thank you. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth give way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God will help her when the morning dawns, The nations rage, the kingdoms trotter. He utters his voice, the earth melts. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Come, behold the works of the Lord, how he has brought desolations on the earth. He makes war cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the chariots with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Friends, thank you for joining us on this episode of Ask Alice. Take comfort that the Lord of hosts is with us and the God of Jacob is our fortress. It is not government, It is not finances. It is not any institution made on this earth, but the God of Jacob, that is our fortress. Anna, thank you so much for joining us today. 
Thank you. A pleasure to have you. I hope you'll come back again. I have so many more, (laughs) many, many more plans from you. (laughs) Sounds good. All right. Thanks for joining us on this episode. Thanks for listening to this episode of Ask Alice, part of the Rooted Network family of podcasts. For more resources designed to equip and encourage you to faithfully disciple students towards lifelong faith in Jesus Christ, be sure to find Rooted on the internet at www.rootedministry.com.